Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 4th of September. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1941 and we travel to Croatia, where today the abbot of the Sisatovac monastery, Rafaelo Momcilovic, would die. He had been kidnapped by the Ustasi on the 25th of August and tortured by the Croatian military until he died today at Poziga in the east of Croatia. His burial site has yet to be found and the Serbian Orthodox Church venerates him as a martyr and a saint. He was famous as a writer of icons with the iconostasis of Rushika Church in Belgrade painted by him. And there is also an art colony in northern Siberia named after him. His death was part of the systematic persecution of Serbs during World War II by the fascist Ustasi regime, which ran a puppet state for the Nazis between 1941 and 1945. Occurring alongside the Holocaust, there was a genocide of Roma and Serbs, with the Ustasi combining Nazi racial policies with the ultimate goal of creating an ethnically pure Greater Croatia. This ethnic cleansing had been imagined a century before by some Croatian nationalists and intellectuals, who had established theories about Serbs as an inferior race. The anti-Croat policies of the Serb-dominated Yugoslav government in the 1920s and 30s had fuelled the rise of the Ustasi, an ultra-nationalist organisation which was financially and ideologically supported by Benito Mussolini. And the mutual loathing between the Serbs and Croats in the Balkans was ancient as some historians contended that they were related tribes of Persian origin who migrated as warriors to the Balkan Peninsula, where they were assimilated by southern Slavs already settled there by the 5th century. Following the Axis invasion of Yugoslavia in April 1941, a German puppet state known as the Independent State of Croatia was established comprising most of modern-day Croatia and Bosnia and Herzegovina, as well as parts of modern-day Serbia and Slovenia. The regime systematically murdered approximately 200,000 to half a million Serbs, and over 300,000 were expelled. And after the war, as the Iron Curtain fell over Europe, some officials and concentrate camp commandants were tried and convicted of war crimes by the communist authorities. But others escaped, including the Ustasi leader Ante Pavelic to Latin America. And he would later die peacefully at the age of 70 in Madrid. The genocide was not properly examined in the aftermath of the war, because the post-war Yugoslav government did not encourage investigations out of concern that ethnic tensions would destabilise the new communist regime. 
The Ustasi saw religion and nationality as being closely linked. With Roman Catholicism and Islam recognised as Croatian national religions. Eastern Orthodoxy was deemed inherently incompatible with the Croatian state project. And on the 3rd of May 1941, a law was passed on religious conversions, pressurising Serbs to convert to Catholicism and therefore adopt a Croat identity. The term Serbian Orthodox was banned in mid-May, it being incompatible with the new state order, and the term Greek Eastern faith was used in its place. And by the end of September in 1941, about half of the Serbian Orthodox clergy, that is 335 priests, had been expelled. Ustazi propaganda legitimised the persecution, as being partially based on the historic Catholic Orthodox struggle for domination in Europe. And they destroyed or closed most of the Serbian Orthodox churches and monasteries. Pavelic, the leader of the Ustazi, founded the Croatian Orthodox Church with the aim of pacifying the Serbs. And there is some evidence that the status of Sarajevo Serbs improved after they joined the Croatian Orthodox Church in significant numbers. Though through both forcible and voluntary conversions between 1941 and 1945, 244,000 Serbs were converted to Catholicism. The Catholic Cardinal Aloysius Stepinac served as the Archbishop of Zagreb during World War II. However, he made clear statements against the Ustazi regime. For instance, on the 14th of May 1941, Stepinac received word of an Ustazi massacre of Serb villages at Glina. On the same day, he wrote to Pavlic, saying, I consider it my bishop's responsibility to raise my voice and to say that this is not permitted according to Catholic teaching, which is why I ask you to undertake the most urgent measures on the entire territory on the independent state of Croatia, so that not a single Serb is killed, unless it's shown that he committed a war crime warranting death. Otherwise, we will not be able to count on the blessings of heaven, without which we must perish. But after the war... Cardinal Stepinac was tried by the communist Yugoslav government and convicted of treason in collaboration with the Ustasi. Depicted in the West as a typical communist show trial, his courage against the Ustasi state had had earned him great admiration amongst anti-Ustasi Croats and his flock among many others. And the Germans had considered him pro-Western and a friend of the Jews, leading to hostility between, from German and Italian forces. And Stepanak would die in 1960, still under confinement. And in 1998, Pope John Paul II declared him a martyr and beatified him before half a million Croatians in Maria Bisticcia near Zagreb. However, his record during World War II, his conviction and his subsequent beatification remain disputed.
Pope Francis recently invited Serbian prelates to participate in canonization investigations. But in 2017, a joint commission was only able to agree that in the case of Cardinal Stepinac, the interpretations that were predominantly given by Catholic Croats and Orthodox Serbs remain divergent. Stella Alexander, author of The Triple Myth, a sympathetic biography of Stepinac, writes about him that Two things stand out. He feared communism above all, especially above fascism, and he found it hard to grasp that anything beyond the boundaries of Croatia, always accepting the Holy See, was quite real. He lived in the midst of apocalyptic events, bearing responsibilities which he had not sought, and in the end one left feeling that he was not quite great enough for his role. Given his limitations he behaved very well, certainly much better than most of his own people, and he grew in spiritual stature during the course of his long ordeal. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the Czech Archbishop Joseph Baran, who survived both the Nazis and Communists. To make our archive easier to access, we have started to group our podcast into themes. So if you visit www.pogp.net, this week the first group called Theologians is going up. And Karl Barth to Henri de Lubac. If you'd like to give any feedback, then please email us on pogppod at gmail.com. And if you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are. Thanks for listening.